This episode of Grunt Work brought to you by Reinforced Polycarbonate American Butt Hinges. Butt Hinges? Tim said butt hinges. I had to but rewind it three times. B-U-T-T? B-U-T-T. I, I googled butt hinges, scared I of what I would buck. see. B-U-C-K. No, butt hinges exist. like buck naked or butt naked. No, they're, they're, buck, they're butt hinges. I don't, they don't look like butts. It, it seems dirty. Regardless, that's who brought you this episode. I'm Truman, here with my co-host Landon, and this is Grunt Work, the podcast where we watch every episode of Home Improvement and then talk about it. So uh, The very concise opening. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank, thank you. And we got it on the first try is the best part. No, <laughs> no mistakes. No one will ever know. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a, just a little inside baseball. Uh, Landon, what, what happened to the Taylor family this week? This is a... a odd episode um i I would agree yeah structurally or at least narratively i guess um okay so today is the big game yes football yes that is the game a game no bigger game yeah tim is tim is huge into football all he wants to do is watch the game with his kids but jill has other plans typical Uh, just like a woman (laughs) she's asked him to make a reservation at a fancy schmancy restaurant which he didn't do um and won't let him off the hook so, uh, with no time to find a babysitter, Jill calls in a birthday party magician. Yes. <laughs> and Plot twist. Uh, he comes to watch Brad, Randy, and Mark while uh, Tim and Jill go to dinner. Um, at the dinner, Tim, in his love of football, hides a radio in his uh, suit jacket. Wearing a wire. <laughs> wearing a wire. Um, so that he can continue to listen to the game. But he is quickly found out. So quickly. Uh, so quickly. <laughs> Best but, laid plans. Um, Jill lets him go listen to the game in the kitchen with the staff of the restaurant. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kids uh, have locked the magician inside of a chest. The little scamps. <laughs> after uh, getting him in a straight jacket. Um, and when Tim and Jill get home, they try to find a way to let the magician out. And uh, Tim's feeling really shitty about how he behaved at the restaurant. A, a moment of self-awareness that we don't normally mm-hmm. see from Tim. They, uh, Tim and Jill dance and make up and we're left knowing that we'll get another episode. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a real sharp turn if they get divorced in episode three of the series. <laughs> Hard cut to black. Yes. Uh, moral of the story, never love anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was, I, I'm going to say I like yeah. this episode more than the previous episode. Uh, uh I, I, this is so far my favorite. Y- really? Yeah. I, you know, I think I think that this episode was fun. It mm-hmm. was just a lot of fun because this is the first episode where we get a new set. They go to this restaurant. Oh, that's right. Yep. And uh, we get a new set and we get a new character. We get actually a couple of them, mainly Sir Larry Houdini, the <laughs> that's right, the birthday party magician who who inexplicably has been knighted and yet oh lives in in Metro Detroit <laughs> and performs well, at children's this parties. This is a question about his character. Oh, I have so many questions about this character. A lot of them. Do you think he's actually? I mean, he's speaking in this like uh, grand. Oh God, I'm not, no no I'm no, f- no. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. This is what makes it fun. This is why <laughs> right, people listen to our character. podcast. I gotta just I gotta center yeah, myself. I gotta yeah, find Daniel my Day Lewis. Find my inner my animal here. Well, first of all, his entr- entrance to the the set he opens the door is like classic sitcom periphery character entrance yeah yeah. i mean like it's golden girls era door opens to a crazy wild character people walking through doors is just a pillar of three camera sitcoms yes and this dude is chewing the scenery i mean he is just acting up this english accent like there's no tomorrow. He he. They were they. The guy got to set that day, and they were like, "Craft services is right over here." And he's like, "Oh no 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 no! I'm going to be chewing scenery all day. I need <laughs> to save true. my appetite." That's right, Sir Larry Houdini, uh, <laughs> introducing himself just so flamboyantly. I'm Sir Harry. Oh God, I just I'm not going to do. It. I I'm gun shy. I'm. You also said Harry Houdini, which is Harry. a different guy. That's true. Which. I, we're we're jumping all kinds of hurdles here, uh, pe- but pe- people don't listen for the continuity. That's true. Uh, Houdini seems like it would be a copyright issue. What is it though? I mean, that's or like intellectual property. I mean, it's a person. Yeah, but also, didn't he die in the '30s? I mean, maybe there's a statute of limitations on that. Maybe. He, um, here's here's my thing. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, 
Harry Houdini was American, didn't have a flamboyant accent. <laughs> it's true. Well, I'm very curious whether or not you think... So, this is all coming back. Okay. Yeah. Do you think the, the knighthood and the accent are real in the reality of this character? Or do you think that the character is putting it on as part of his Sir Larry Houdini, um, the birthday party magician? Well, okay. If If... I'm going to say that I think that this is real within the con- within the reality of the show because uh, Sir Larry Houdini uh, spends probably two-thirds of the episode locked inside a small box but keeps up the accent. That's and, true. And so if he is that committed to his character, he's like he's like Andy Kaufman good. Like he is. <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he's some sort of weird performance artist. Yeah, ma- maybe he is Andy Kaufman. Actually, uh, this is this is just a carry on from Taxi. Uh, Latka Gravis has found a new life in Detroit. I like this idea. Um, uh, yeah. I, go ahead. No, no, no. I think uh, Larry Houdini was jarring to me the second mm-hmm. he walked in with this fake bouquet of, of flowers because he just feels. So removed, even though we're yeah. only three episodes in. Two. He has no idea what kind of TV show he's on. It, it's, it's exactly. He does not feel like having... I mean, and I haven't watched the other episodes of Home Improvement for probably 10, 15 years. But yeah. he even feels outside of that... Re- <laughs> he doesn't feel like he's part of this show. Yeah, in 1991, he was still 25 years out of date. <laughs> yeah. I. It just... So So that's that was strange to me, but also... The fact that so so Larry Houdini uh, comes to the Taylor household yeah. because uh, uh, Tim and Jill have you know well Jill had made plans for this romantic dinner with well, Tim. Jill had asked him to make the plans. Wait, I Mistake guess, number one. Oh my god, we have so many questions to cover here. So somehow Tim remembered enough of the plans to make the reservations. Like they had the reservation, he didn't remember to get a sitter, so they couldn't hire a babysitter right. at the last second. <clears throat> so but so then. So, so, I'm sorry. We we live on Asshole Street where people honk all the time. Uh, so, so when when Larry Houdini shows up at the door, I see this and mm. I think, oh my god, Tim, what a goof! He hired a birthday party magician no. to babysit his kids. Nope. This was Jill's idea. Jill's idea. Honestly. This is an interesting point because if it was Tim's idea, this would be a very different episode. Yes. Uh, very a- different set of obstacles we have to overcome. Tonight on a very different episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> but because it's Jill's idea, for some reason I find it brilliant. <laughs> this is your bias seeping in. You're a Jill fanboy. You're the Jill fan club I, here. I, I'm unashamed to admit that, yes. Yeah. She's, she's great. She's dynamite. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think... I, what it says to me that Jill did this, I, I see that and it's like, oh man, Jill is really desperate to get out with it. Like she clearly wants this night to work and is mm-hmm. going to extreme lengths for it. And so I was expecting at dinner her to, you know, some some bigger shoe to drop. But no, she right. just really wanted a night out with, with Tim. With Tim to talk about us. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't doesn't go quite according to plan. No, uh, it does not. Uh, so also a, a thing before you know we're, we're so we we start off at the house mm-hmm. they're watching they're watching uh, a football game Tim is going around with the boys Brad and Mark have their shoes on the couch like a fucking monster Brad does this sick move where he jumps <laughs> like he does he he like does an ollie off the back of the couch yes. straight into like Dude, a kick flip onto the cushion a little spider monkey when it comes to jumping on the furniture and I'm gonna say out of three episodes mm-hmm. I know for certain in two of them at least has involved I, I think it's brad both times leaping full full force onto that couch i think that's gonna be his move until he grows up a little older actually no they even do that no he even does that in episode two as well when they're gladiator fighting on the couch that's right and, <laughs> he's and, got the sword and yeah and i think in the first two episodes when they do that jill is like boys don't jump around on the couch in mm-hmm. the third episode she sees them and like her spirit has been broken by these rambunctious rambunctious boys yeah, it's and she just does not care. And there is a little like even with Tim with the potato. So Tim tries to open a potato chip bag, and it just first of all really really poorly orchestrated uh, uh, 
explosion of a bag. It was felt very like yeah, I've, yeah. Well, whatever. They, they made a dishwasher explode on this show, but they can't make they can't make a bag <laughs> of chips explode. What what's yeah. what's the story? Home improvement. I don't know. But Jill just looks at it and laughs. Yeah. Uh, like maybe maybe she gives them a day off. Maybe she takes a day off for herself on Sundays. Just like I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> seven days a week, twenty four seven. Also, again, this is this is a household where in just the past two episodes, the dishwasher has exploded and mm. her husband has run over him himself with a superpowered lawnmower so chips that's on the true. floor that's yeah. that's small potatoes honestly the, that is the worst this episode gets there is no like damage in this episode well until until like the last second well true injury i'm i'm oh. in my tallies i'm separating injury from damage certainly and um yeah he he does get hurt we'll come to that at yeah. a certain point but there's yeah. there's no like um uh, cosmetic damage done to the house, done to the restaurant, done anywhere. Which, the tool time set. When I and when I saw the restaurant set for the mm-hmm. first time, I was kind of, I was almost hoping that that it's like, oh, you built this thing. Well, let's let's burn this fucker yeah, down, right? Down. Right. I actually think this set comes into play uh, many more times throughout the series. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good. Maybe dressed up a little differently, but yeah. Um, so I, I have a question for you though. When um, when it's revealed that he has the the radio under mm-hmm. his jacket. I had this thought of, is this a, a trope, or am I so uh, familiar with this episode that it just feels like a trope? Of, of the dude going to dinner with a uh, with a uh, transistor radio yeah, hidden in his thing? Yeah, you know, like, it's, I guess, you can, you can replace the restaurant, the fancy restaurant, mm-hmm. with, like, church or something. I, I know for a fact that there was a commercial in the late 90s, early 2000s, where the minister at church is giving a sermon, but he's got a transistor radio oh, in his yeah. ear. What was that from? I don't I don't know. It's like for AT&T or some dumb crap like that. But he's up there talking and he's saying something about like, oh, the, you know, so you, you only have so many chances in life, like timeouts if you wasted them in the third quarter. <laughs> I, I You know, and it was about as... I don't know. I think I think I think Tim Allen pulled it off a little better here than oh he than had he did. some good good little uh, liners here. But, but yeah, back t- on track. Okay, t- back on track. Before we get to the restaurant, yeah. Just so so at the house first with the chips. Tim is struggling to open this bag of chips, yeah. and then the bag of chips explodes all over the place. And Jill laughs at him, and then Tim looks at the bag to try and cover his ass here, and says, "Oh, it says on the it says there's a warning label on the bag that says if you open these chips in broad daylight in Detroit, they explode." And that doesn't. I, I mean, that doesn't. I don't really get what's funny about that. I mean, we're laughing at it because it's funny that it's so weird. But I really think that the reason yeah. that got in there is like the. Producers went to the writers and said, "Like, okay, guys, we need to establish that this show takes place in Michigan. Mm. What are we going to do?" And someone was like, "Well, maybe we could talk about how it's like a local team playing in the game." Like, no, 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 no. That's that's not that doesn't work. Let's do a joke about potato chips. That's interesting because I, I did think that uh, the mention of the game when they're at the restaurant was the first mention of Detroit. Yeah. Not so. You I, are now just bringing this to my attention that it was a bag of potato chips. That establishes the location of Detroit, Michigan, for this entire series. Well, and so, so Landon, I mean, what can you tell me about the vibrant potato chip culture of Detroit? I mean, I don't, I don't know this. I'm a West Coast boy. <laughs> um, we do have a. Uh, is it Better Made? Have you ever heard of Better Made? I've never I in my life heard like of Better Made. Better Made might be from Michigan. Uh, we do have a potato chip. Oh. Um, uh, brand from there i don't remember what exactly can, and can you only open them at night is it like re- <laughs> is it like reverse gremlins rules like you yeah ha- exactly you have to get them wet you can yeah. only open them at night after mm-hmm. midnight you have to invite them inside the house they don't go well with garlic i, I, th- uh, I think you're mixed up gremlins and vampires at this point <laughs> nope do, not do, at all do, well that's why you can't get your gremlins wet because then they sparkle and then make all the <laughs> make all the girls uh, hearts go pitter patter uh <laughs> The the only other okay so so but anyway T- Tim and and Jill unless you have anything else about the the pre restaurant sequences sorry Landon's Landon's beer has gotten a little unruly uh, at the moment <laughs> oh god guys we we videotaped the first two episodes oh, then we okay. stopped but this we're this good. is a moment that was a volcano uh, erupting out of my beer bottle but we're good that was uh, okay. Landon versus the volcano how do you <laughs> You rate my science experiment. Um, you shouldn't put the baking soda and the vinegar in there, man. It doesn't enhance the flavor. <laughs> to each his own. Um, <laughs> True. 
Okay, so before we get to the restaurant scene. Yeah. We're, um, we're spending a lot of time at the house, but this is going to pay off I later. I know, but I have a best line contender. Okay. Go. I don't know if you want to save it. No, no, no. Throw, throw them in there. Throw them in. Give um, them in the mix. Okay. It's not my, it's, it's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. it is a, one of my... Runners up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, to give you set the scene for a second, Tim is agreed to go out. He's all dressed up. They're ready to walk out the door. The magician has come, but the game is still playing in the background. Yeah, and he's super excited. Like uh, some sort of interception had just happened on the television, and it distracts him from walking out the door. And he goes, um, uh, "We should stay and watch a trick." <laughs> Yeah, you know, just kind of how how eagerly he dives into that line. Yeah, but it's it's like it's very quintessential of uh, Tim Allen's uh, performance, which is to um, kind of uh, be aware of another situation and use it as an excuse f- to cover for what he is actually interested in. Yeah, yeah, um, and then he plays it as such so like nakedly. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, but it's so obvious that it's not yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting it's very unique to him i feel like the, the one other thing i'd say is that so tim is tim comes out wearing this suit once he's been coerced mm-hmm. into going to the restaurant and and this suit is you know in, in case you forgot that this was the early 90s the suit is there as, as a little signpost of the times <laughs> the tie that tim is wearing oh my god is art <laughs> it needs to be in a museum yes. it is it is the, if, it's if you could put a cosby sweater into tie form uh, you gotta get a get like get a screen grab of this tie and put it on the website, please. You can we'll, we'll rip it from the DVD. You have to right. see this thing. Uh, I I don't know. I, I want to bring that tie back. I want people to start wearing that. Um. So let, let Landon yeah. Landon, yeah. we've we've been hanging around the house for so long. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just you and me. Let's go to the nice restaurant okay. and let's yeah. let's drop in on this romantic yeah. dinner that Tim and Jill are trying this to have. Fancy like. Uh, uh, quintessential sitcom, fancy schmancy restaurant. Sans snotty waiter, which I was yeah. actually expecting. Yeah, uh, like I feel like they could only cast one flamboyant Englishman uh, <laughs> <laughs> per episode, and they gave it to the magician. So they're like, nope, we're not going to have a waiter in this one. Yeah, I, I guess so. Maybe the maybe the flamboyant waiter was uh, he was too busy, uh, you know, rousting Ferris Bueller and Cameron from the <laughs> from the restaurant in Chicago. Right. There's there's one snooty waiter in the entire Midwest, yeah. and he, he goes back and forth. Uh, so the first thing. At this restaurant, this fancy restaurant where mm-hmm. there is exactly one other couple, is that uh, Jill and Tim are sitting there, and Jill says something like, "You know, oh, Tim, I really, I really appreciate you doing this." Yeah, and that kind of upset me because Tim has fucked up every step of this thing happening. Like, yes, like she, she's been planning this. Oh, Tim boy. is, Tim is forgotten. Tim didn't hire the babysitter, mm-hmm. forcing her to pull a monkey out of her butt and yeah. hire this, this children's magician to watch their kids and then they get to the dinner and they're drinking their martinis and she's still making doe eyes at them and acting like this is this is such a sweet thing and it's like respect yourself girl well i yeah exactly this brings up a very uh penetrating question i have to ask which is um who's who's in the wrong here (laughs) is it is it tim for not remembering and not getting the babysitter and not uh paying attention to her while the game is on and going through the thing or is it jill for probably knowing that he's going to act this way and having this obsession about uh football and asking for a dinner on sunday night rather than friday or saturday yeah i'm not i'm not first of all i'm not putting emphasis on either side here i'm just putting that on the table okay okay because because it did sound very victim blamey there for a second like she was basically (laughs) asking for it trying expecting her husband to do a nice thing with her during one football game uh i mean i i think if anything the you know maybe jill is at fault but what she's at fault for is marrying tim in the first place i mean there must have been other suitors she could she had to have seen this coming. Tim even makes references to the disco dancing that he did in college. Right. And Cause I, it, well, he, in reference to, she suggests we need to start doing things together. We need to start acting on these promises that we're making uh, to do more things together, to find more common interests like yeah. ballroom dancing. Yeah. <laughs> After he suggests monster truck rally uh, and something and, else. And a tractor pull. A tractor pull, um, which super fun. I think Jill would have a great time at the Monster Truck Rally. 
I know what a monster truck rally is. Yeah. I what is, I've heard of tractor pulls. What are the tractors pulling? Uh, that's a good question. I've never actually been to a tractor uh, okay, pull. Okay, so we're both. In I'm the assuming dark. Uh, they pull the bump. They pull the bumpers off of old VW Volkswagens. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yep, you heard it here first, folks. That's a tractor pull. Don't don't write to us correcting us because we know very much what it is. We're manly. Uh, yeah, so they're yeah they're yeah they're having they're trying to have this conversation yeah. about coupley things that they can do. Tim is like at the at the get go, uh, you know they have they chat a little bit and then she goes to the bathroom, and Tim reveals that he's got he's wearing this this transistor radio. There's another guy at the at the other table, the one other person who's there with his wife. His wife is also in the bathroom. This guy's name is Rick, mm-hmm. uh, who. Who also wants to be watching the game, right. and he is, and Tim is basically doing live commentary of the game for this guy, and they're both enjoying it. Right, uh, Rick. By the way, I'm going to say Rick is the best performer in this episode outside of the uh, principal cast. <laughs> I outside of yeah, yeah, I would agree yeah, with yeah, that. yeah. Like t- Tim and Tim and Patricia, and and even JTT yeah. and Wilson. Well, I actually think Mark nailed his one line this time. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's getting better and better with each episode. They, <laughs> I've still got it for him. With how heavily they're featuring Mark, they really want Mark to be, like, they are hitting the cute kid button as yeah, hard as they can. They um, but okay, so, so, but Rick, though, the actor <laughs> who plays Rick, I know I recognize him from somewhere. You apparently looked up, <laughs> looked up the... I would be the, shocked if you recognize him. But he is still working today. Really? Uh, he is still in production on stuff. Uh He's most known for his role in Con Air as Gator. And Wait, is Gator the one with diabetes? I honestly have no idea. Oh, I man. can't remember. Di- diabetes. No, no, no. I don't think he, so. He's the one who yells, like, like he's Nicolas Cage's friend. He's mm. one of the good guys. He's diabetic. I remember the diabetic guy. I don't... No, I don't think that's him. I think he's, like, one of the, like... Background oh, wait. tough guy. Is he the is he the is he the trans tough guy? The bulked out the one who's like wearing the the dress like they scavenged the dress from the house. I'm I remember a <laughs> what, lot. Of, what I, movie I, did you watch? I remember a lot of things from Con Air. No, there is a there is a legit cross dressing uh, uh, convict in Con Air. Except now yeah. we call them trans, uh, right. and I just want to be. Specific, I, I think so, or I don't know, gender fluid. I, I, I'm sure. just, I respect one I, of the one of the initials. I'm gonna I'm gonna condemn that guy in Con Air for whatever heinous crimes he committed. But yeah. like, hey, you know what? Being being uh, wanting to prison's equal opportunity, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but, well, this this actor, Gator, yeah, John Marshall Jones. John Marshall, uh, if you're out there, Mr. Marshall Jones, <laughs> I, I I really liked the energy that you brought to this scene in Home Improvement. Oh my god, when he popped his face in through the that that's, the yell touchdown. That's my yeah, that's my best moment of the episode. That's moment? my funniest moment. It but, was good. It was a real like he was super into that role. And, so they, it's the, yeah, I think he really is my my high point of this episode mm-hmm. because Jill, the whole conversation, it's just. Jill, you know, it's pretty, fodder. It's like yeah, married I, couple fodder. Yeah, like like Jill pretty quickly realizes that that Tim has got the transistor radio. He's trying mm-hmm. to hide it. She she takes it away from him. There's some yeah. good physical comedy there, and uh, then then Tim comes to find out that oh, there's a the, okay, there's like the head waiter who seems like he should be the snooty waiter, but isn't all that snooty. Yeah, he, he just passes by the table and he, he drops this information that the, the kitchen staff has a radio listening to the game. Well, he, but he's, he drops it in a, in a kind of snooty way though. He's like, Oh, they have a, the kitchen staff has a television watching the game. And, but so, uh, so Tim hears this and then it becomes this, you see him struggling. He really badly wants to be a good husband and yeah. listen to Jill's plans. He, does, he pulls back. I mean, he, yeah. he, the 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 manly instinct overcomes him and he like rushes off as soon as John Marshall Green uh, or John Marshall Jones yeah. runs off to the kitchen because yeah. he can't control himself. Yeah, Tim follows. Yeah, like oh we're doing this we're gonna and then he yeah. like pulls back and it was kind of a, a funny mature moment for Tim. Yeah, I, I think so and that that shows uh you know that that shows I don't I guess I don't want to say growth it's only three episodes in. <laughs> Well, and also, just another, imagine where he's going to be by the end of this thing. I know the uh, well, yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot of episode to episode continuity and strong yeah. arcs on home improvement. He's be giving TED talks about <laughs> uh, Tim talks. Tim, oh god, that's that's what tool time is basically. If, if oh my god, if home improvement was on now, there would absolutely tool time would be like t- uh, Tim talks. <laughs> 
<laughs> or at least the the Jerry Springer segment at the end of Tool Time would be Tim Talks. We need to find I, we need to find a Ted X that is willing to let us do a Ted Talk about home improvement. <laughs> uh, squad goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two man squad goals. So <laughs> also the the uh, just also in in so uh, John Marshall. Jones. Jones, John Marshall Jones, when when he finds when he hears that there is a TV in in the kitchen, he just he jumps up and he starts and he turns to his wife and says, "I'm sorry, honey, happy anniversary," and just bolts Straight through the door. Straight up abandons her. Which which is probably my runner up for funniest line. But yeah. then yeah, the, the the funniest bit, he's in there. Tim has forced himself to come back. Right. They're trying to have this conversation, Tim and Tim and Jill, and then uh, John Marshall Jones. The character's name is Rick. Let's call him okay, Rick. Rick. Yeah, we'll call him Rick. Rick runs back out and and says, "Oh, they're about to score a touchdown." He mm-hmm. goes back in. Tim Tim manages to keep himself in his seat, and then you hear this big cheer from the next room, and there we cut to this close up on the little little diamond shaped window back into the kitchen. Yeah. Rick's face yeah. appears in the window. And I can only compare it to once again Jurassic Park when they're in the kitchen <laughs> and you see that shot of the Raptors. Oh my God, Steven Spielberg ripped off this entire series he for was Jurassic Park. A huge home improvement head man, I'm telling you. But his face appears in the window, just eyes bugged out, just gleeful, and he just yells, "Touchdown!" And it. He was so into the touchdown, man. And the thing is, well, well, the actor playing Larry Houdini. Mm-hmm. Was just just gnawing gigantic chunks of scenery yeah. and, and and risking Even choking on them. And he wasn't on screen, locked inside of a trunk. D- just his ADR was chewing yeah. scenery. He was he was chewing the mic. <laughs> but but Rick is just, he's keeping. This is just a solid performance. Yes. And I take my hat off to him. He made the restaurant scenes work. <laughs> Here's to you, John Marshall Jones. Yes. <laughs> um. So. And meanwhile, back at the house, the boys. Unless you have, wait, I'm sorry, I've been dominating. What do you have anything to say about I, the restaurant? I have nothing else much about the restaurant except, um, well, he, they, John Marshall Jones, Rick, uh, mentions Barry Sanders, which is you know the uh, Detroit Lions player, all star. Of course, uh, I knew that too. <laughs> It's the only thing I know about football. <laughs> okay, that's just only know Barry Sanders and Detroit Lions. You know one more thing than me. I've never seen a football game. I, I you know, in the in the first episode, I, I talked about punters or something in football. <laughs> uh, it turns out that's actually not a position. I guess it's place kickers. Punting is the thing that the place kicker does. I, I'm all for punters, though. Let's uh, yeah, let's get that. Um, but the, so the only other thing I had to say about that was when she mentions ballroom dancing, she yes. gives uh, Fred and Ginger as the example, and Tim responds with, "I thought Fred married Wilma," which was the like perfect dividing line between the two of the personalities. Yeah, I I just like that that you hear Fred. So like he he bases that entire joke off of hearing the word Fred mm-hmm. and the first thing he associates it to is Fred Flintstone. Yeah. I I don't know. What's Tim. the first thing you think of when uh someone says Fred? Uh 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 Fred uh, Fred 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 uh, Fred, oh, Fred Fred Durst. Fred. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't yell Fred at me. You make me panic. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. We okay. This is so. So back at the house, the, the boys and Sir Larry Houdini. Yes, he's uh, at this point. Is he in the trunk? I think no. They're they're putting him in the straight jacket and wrapping the a chain around him. This is uh, a very involved trick for a yeah. child's birthday party. No rabbits and out of hats. Sir Larry says he loves a challenge. Refuses to do what was the trick he refused to do? He's like, oh, it's too easy. Oh, it's um, it's the it's the he gets in the box and they stick swords through it. Yeah, oh yeah. right. And he's they, like, I don't do swords; they're too easy. Yeah. Um, I dare I say that's him covering for the fact that he's not that great of a magician. But then why does he refuse the offer when Randy's like, 10 seconds, dude, is like really really quick for you to get out of this box and be at the front door? And he's like, No, 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 no. I like a challenge. I refuse to have any more time. Well, let me let me make a counter question. Okay. Uh, why in the first episode does Tim, uh, even though he doesn't know how to shut off the power to the house, make a random choice and try it anyway and burn himself? Fair. This show is about 
bravado and and male uh, overconfidence and overestimating your abilities. And and <laughs> nothing in, says that like Sir Larry. Yeah, Sir Larry, which is why Sir Larry Houdini is such a beloved character from Home Improvement, who comes back again and again over I the will, years. I'm going to take this opportunity to interject that yeah. the actor is actually named Eric Christmas. And has his name is Eric Christmas. Eric Christmas. He has one of my favorite scenes in cinema history uh, from Harold and Maude. Oh my God! He plays uh, the priest. Have you seen Harold and Maude? I, I have not. I've no. really wanted to. So, do you know what Harold and Maude is about? It's a, it's yeah. a guy in the old woman. Yeah, yeah. 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 So when uh, uh, God Harold's mother sends him to this priest to try to talk him out of this relationship with this old woman, and this priest just starts describing the like. Uh, what it's like to be with with an old woman, and it's uh, it's a fantastic scene. You have yeah. to see it. I was shocked to find out same actor. Does he do it in an overblown English accent? No, it's well. I mean, the scene is played very broad. Well, sure. Like uh, I, I understand the movie's pretty over the top. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a in the seventies kind of new Hollywood sort of way. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we're on a yeah. Different, yeah. I was just gonna say this is our Harold and Modcast. This, <laughs> Also into that idea, um, <laughs> where we just watch Harold and Maude over and over. I would do that every day of my life. <laughs> okay, um, so this guy has some some credentials. He's been around. I mean, this episode is from ninety one. Harold and Maude is from nineteen. And oh, uh, we'll get that in in post. Nineteen seventy three, I think it is. Um, that sounds right. So there's that. That was just an interjection. That no, that's that's uh, that's an interesting actors be acting. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, his, his career has gone well. Uh, so they they lock him in the trunk mm-hmm. at his insistence. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, put us, put me in, lock me in." Mm-hmm. They set the timer for ten seconds. I don't really know. I mean, like you mentioned that that oh, you know, he was so confident he insisted on only having ten seconds to get out. Timer could have been set for a million years. I mean, it, the the timer and when it goes off has nothing to do with how he gets out of the thing. I mean, right. that's all sealed once he's locked inside. Yes. Timer goes for 10 seconds. There's a pyrotechnic effect in front of the box, uh, and but then he's still trapped in the box. <laughs> right. And then he then he's just trapped in the box for the rest of the episode. He never comes out. Right. Well, the the kids do take him outside and their their plan to get him out of the trunk is to tie a rope around the trunk, uh, throw it over a branch of the tree, house tree in the backyard and smash the box on the ground. <laughs> and yeah, and they're they're trying to do this. And meanwhile, uh, they've already got the rope around the box. They're like this is gonna happen they've pulled this heavy trunk with a grown-ass admittedly old dude outside (laughs) three of them and 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 sir larry isn't really saying like hey boys maybe don't like maybe anything else sir larry's only about 90 pounds if we're being perfectly honest here yeah yeah, and the boys are all like 10 or 11 like how much muscle mass do they well between the three of them with 90 pounds and a trunk well i don't know okay look do you know we're we're, we're gonna mythbusters this we need to round up three kids (laughs) a trunk and an old man Adam Savage, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, you, you, they never did a home improvement uh, Mythbusting episode. And really, when you think about it, I feel like Mythbusters, in a way, is almost like a, a, like a reality TV home improvement. It's, I mean, it's, it's what Tim's television show would be like if it went correctly. Yeah, because they, well, they, try, they always try to replicate the urban legend, and then it's like, well, that didn't work. More power. Let's yeah, actually that's just, right. let's just fuck it up. But that's what happens when you have actual scientists and uh, technicians yeah, yeah. knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, they're, they're trying to get him out of the, they're trying to get him out of the box by dropping it on the ground. Yeah. That's when Tim and Jill come home. Yeah, Tim and Jill come back. And uh, so... You know they're they're talking to Sir. By the, at some point, at some point, they've called from the restaurant, and uh, Mark tells uh, Jill over the phone. <laughs> yeah, that was Mark's one line, which yeah, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the, the, totally rats out his brothers. It was just like yeah. payback for the last episode. Suck it, motherfuckers. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah loved the, it. Well, yeah. So the the brothers don't want Mark to get on the phone because they're afraid he's gonna he's gonna tell them what happened and that the parents will blame and him. And the most the sweetest, most innocuous little like I yeah. won't tell him. I promise. Yeah. Like you ever? I believed him even. I, did you? I did. did. Yeah, I hundred percent believe. Well, it. nothing like you know the, the faith of a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets on the phone. Yeah, he and you. You mentioned this callback to like payback for yeah. the last episode. So Tim and Jill get back, and then uh, Brad and Justin 
Randy. Randy. God, I gotta stop doing that. Brad and Randy. Where's Justin coming from? I don't know, man. We're gonna get to the bottom of that. I know. I know. There's Justin. I, I know. There's secrets upon mm. secrets. I've got that. Well, that was actually my brother. He broke my dad's computer, and then my dad took him and <laughs> traded him in, uh, not for another brother, just for uh, just for another Subaru. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, that's right. You're from Oregon. Yeah, exactly. We we did have two uh, two Subarus uh, from the same model, practically the same color. That's 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 for the that's for the podcast. That's for my Subaru podcast. Uh, so Tim and Tim and Jill come home, and uh, and Brad and Randy run and hide in the exact same spot mm-hmm. that uh, that that Mark first hid in in the previous episode when he thought he was going to get traded in. So it's like the boys have one agreed upon hiding place in the backyard behind that that the that tree. fake bush yeah. and so you think then okay then how come how come tim and jill can never find their kids like they only hide in one place in the backyard right. it's 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 a giveaway um and mark rats them out again i i know right <laughs> Th- these kids the, for for how how much like tough manly upbringing they get there was no lesson about snitches get stitches they just <laughs> you don't you don't want to get these guys in the courtroom they will turn on each other yeah um or at least mark will i don't know about the other two they seem to be in cahoots brad and randy they're like yeah they've got some good chemistry as far as actors go they're like the earlier in the episode they're kind of wrestling around and i'm like oh man that's what yeah you know i was uh, brought up by you know seven cousins of mine and i'm like that's that's what roughhousing was that's that's authentic wrestling yeah i well i actually i yeah i'd say the same i mean i'm still enamored of of jtt's acting Mm. i mean he's not old enough to be to be dreamy of course but I, I noticed it. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I certainly don't think that. I, why, why would you even assume that I think that? I don't think that. I don't, definitely don't think that. But there's there's one point where he's trying to make an excuse. He's trying. He's trying. He's talking to his mom on the phone and trying yeah. to like talk around why they can't put Larry Houdini on the phone. And he's the way that he's bullshitting her is is he, he's almost. It's like he studied Tim Allen's behavior mm-hmm. and acting mm-hmm. and is doing some of his same kind of mannerisms yeah. and and evasions and it's like wow good good uh, good character work yeah, jonathan right. taylor thomas See, this is why you burn so bright for like, like five five or six years there yeah 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 absolutely um so i have i have a big thing about what happens with the trunk but again i've been yeah, yeah. going i've been going on for a while well, we I haven't gotten wilson more. yet and uh, oh yeah, yeah i've got some stuff to unpack about wilson okay well let me just let me just say Please. this yeah go tim and jill get home they find the magician locked in the box they're yeah. talking to larry houdini he's mm. he's you know trapped in there he's saying all oh, the boys are innocent and that's right and tim gets down and he looks at the locks or the hinges or you know the locks or the hinges whatever he says and he says oh honey we're we're in trouble these are reinforced polycarbonate american butt hinges but and no it, they're butt hinges man i'll show you the google page <laughs> show me the google uh so so he he looks at and, and so the result of this is just we can't get this open we have to call larry houdini's son to come and open the case because he has the key yeah i call bull shit <laughs> Tim, oh, the wow. tool, okay. Tim the tool man Taylor's house. He doesn't have Steam a single just came tool. Out of Truman's ears. He doesn't have a single tool in this house that can cut open the locks on this child, this this birthday party magician's <laughs> steamer trunk. This is the guy who supercharged his his lawnmower. Yeah. This is the guy who blew up a dishwasher with a blastmaster. What have? This, like, to be fair, to be fair, maybe since this episode's all about Tim's awareness of his relationship and him in the world, maybe he for once knew that that super-powered buzzsaw that he had in the, the garage hiding would cut through Sir Larry uh, should he try to cut through the hinges. So so Tim has no regard for his own safety, but suddenly he has regard for the safety of this guy he's never met before. Yeah, yeah I, I, I could pose that. I, I just, I really, I don't... I don't buy it for even a second. There is no like. Look, if again, if this was a Frasier episode yeah. and a magician is locked in a box at Frasier's house, I mean, Frasier and Niles—they don't know what to do. Of course, they're going to go try and find the key. <laughs> this is a Seinfeld episode. Sure, yeah. Jerry doesn't have power tools, but this this whole show—the cornerstone of this show—is yeah. a man who is obsessed <laughs> with tools. Fair, okay, yeah. and be destructively doing things. So. I, I, I just I don't buy it. It would it mm. would it just felt so out of place. It was like it would be like That's if true. on an episode of Monk, uh, <laughs> there was a mystery to be solved, and Monk was just like, "Well, I don't know what to do about this," and then they just don't solve the mystery. 
<laughs> you, you have all the tools you need, man. Do the thing oh, that you man, do. Man, I'm stumped on this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I better wash my hands again. Yeah, I mean, uh, searching my extensive knowledge of home improvement and uh, general home improvement, not even the television show. Sure. Uh, I think that a crowbar would even just pull it out of the, the plywood or whatever the hell the box is made of, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you just... Plop that in there and yank it out? Yeah. No one. Uh, I, I was just, you know, you, you mentioned general home improvement. I was just so happy when he got promoted from, from Colonel all the way up. Uh, <laughs> Boo. Yeah. I don't, Boo. I don't, I don't think so, Truman. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I know. That's, that's, uh, okay, but but so Wilson. Wilson factors into this episode. Let's talk about Wilson. Right, yeah. So at some point... Uh, oh, right. So uh, yeah. Sir Larry tells Jill to call his son. Yeah. She goes off to call his son. And... Um, Tim is left outside being able to talk to Wilson uh, as per obligated by his contract, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Wilson gives him, you know, his general spiel. I honestly don't remember anything that Wilson said because I was so struck with an idea. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to set this up. First of all, he knows a lot about women's shoes. He lists a lot of women's shoes. He's, he's talking, of, Tim's like... Mentioning something about Jill's appearance, she, she, what she, she has wore. 19 pairs of black shoes. Right, yeah. And Wilson's like, well, you got to choose the right shoe with the right dress. And he lists off about 15 different pairs, uh, types of shoes. Yeah, pumps Women's and shoes. flats. Right. And he, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Once no. they start to make up, uh, Tim and Jill start to make up for you know his behavior. Wilson busts out. An accordion and starts playing because he's he's been out there fixing, uh, yeah, fixing mm-hmm. his record accordion. But yeah, okay. So shoes, accordion. I got one more thing. He quotes Aristotle uh, at a certain point. Okay, so obviously Wilson's uh, pantheon of knowledge is very extensive. Here's what I pose: Wilson is immortal. Okay, I buy that. I'd buy that. So wait, what does accordion playing have to do with immortality? Well, it's 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 less about uh, the accordion playing specifically, and more just that he's acquired, he's had enough time in life in his immortal life to acquire the knowledge of Aristotle. Maybe he knew him. Uh, he learned how to play uh, the accordion. He knows the eighteen million different pairs of uh, types of women's shoes that exist, and. Uh, the numerous he knows how to varnish a door. Uh, yeah, he knows yeah. how to do everything. He knows how to cook a squirrel. He is maybe maybe this isn't too separate from God. I, I mean, because if, if well, here's a question: If yeah. God were to transpose himself to a human on Earth, would God be immortal? Oh man, I think yes. I don't think that he would be in any one human form. I, like mm-hmm. I think that he would go from one human to the next, almost a quantum leap type situation. Right. Because I think by the end of Quantum Leap, it is almost established <laughs> that that uh, Scott Bakula's character has become God. Yeah. But uh, different '90s sitcom for a different, t- not a sitcom. Uh, <laughs> I think that Wilson. I've never seen quantum leap. I man, God, you're missing. Well, you you focused all your energy on home improvement. I did. Yeah. Uh, I think that Wilson. I don't know. I, I guess I like that idea of him being being immortal. It puts me in mind of Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. I mean, mm. by the end of it, he's learned to be a piano master. He's right. learned when to be everywhere to, like, save that kid. And yep. they can't save the homeless guy. But, you know, he does learn how to make ice sculptures. <laughs> so are you suggesting... Trade-offs. <laughs> so maybe Wilson in each episode has already lived that day 10,000 times, oh, maybe? that's, that's like, a well, whole... Yeah, that's yeah, a whole the, different theory. Maybe there's the Wil- Wilson... Wilson has also run afoul of Punxsutawney Phil in some other way. Yeah. Um... See, so you took it in a different direction. When Wilson was talking about uh, all the different kinds of women's shoes, I was like, wait, we've never seen Wilson's clothes, what he's wearing behind that fence. We've never seen his shoes. We did. The same thought went through my head. And when he was varnishing that door, it starts with an overhead shot of him. And we do see his little khaki pants and his fisherman vest. We don't see what shoes he's wearing. What if he wears women's shoes, like like Gator okay, and Conair? Maybe this he's maybe fair. he's gender yeah, fluid. I can't I don't say know. that. I can't say in full confidence that we saw his shoes. Exactly. I so so. I mean, you know, I put I put that out there. Home okay. improvement. Maybe maybe this show again. Gonna, maybe this show is more woke than we thought. I'm going to add that to the the Wilson theories. The Wilson theories. There's yeah. so many Wilson theories. So then I guess this is this is what's really going to be controversial. Uh, is is God gender fluid? You know, does mm. does God put on like like goddesses clothes? Um, Does God need clothes? Oh man! 
I didn't when well, when we started this podcast, I did not expect that we would get this deep this soon. <laughs> well, here's one more thing. So this is why I said we have a twofer. Yeah. Um. So God or uh, God, uh, Wilson's immortal. That's one. But if you want to keep going with the God thing, yeah. The fence and the the conversations that Wilson and Tim have is very confessional like. Yes. True. That that yeah, because you can't you can't see his face. Mm-hmm. You know, it does feel very confessional. The he's place giving advice, he's admitting his wrongs. The you know, and the place that I took it to, because uh, Tim goes out and he has this real moment of of kind of vulnerability with Wilson, mm-hmm. talking about how he screwed it up with his wife at this romantic night. <clears throat> I'm watching this and I'm I'm thinking uh, uh, Tim talking to Wilson feels a lot like Tony Soprano talking to Doctor Melfi on The Sopranos. I've never seen The Sopranos, uh, which I know <laughs> we should call this podcast. <laughs> The only show Landon has ever seen. <laughs> the only show Landon has seen. This is just, this is this is why we thought of this idea. I was like, hey, what about a home improvement podcast? And you're like, I've, that, that's the one piece of content I've seen. That and Harold and Maude. It's <laughs> the only reason I agreed to this. Um, no, I, I like that idea of of it as a is it a confessional though that mm. that there is a certain uh, holiness to it. I had one other question about Wilson. Yeah. Uh, before I think we need to, we're 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 nearing yeah, the, yeah, fi- the fifteen minutes, answers, baby. Okay. So uh, so Wilson is is out back mm. uh, patching up his accordion. Uh, so <laughs> at the beginning of this evening, Jill is so desperate to find someone to watch her sons that she hires a complete stranger <laughs> who's not even a professional magician, who's not even a professional baby, who is a professional magician, to to come into her house. And watch your kids. A man so dangerously unqualified <laughs> that he gets himself wrapped in a straitjacket and locked inside a box. Oh my God. Wilson, who, Wilson, who is, I think we've decided, definitely God and and <laughs> benevolent and omniscient, yeah. lives right next door. She couldn't just ask Wilson to come over and watch the boys? Wilson, who had nothing better oh, to do but man. to fix his accordion in the backyard? Well, you know what? This is starting the, the the stems of a new theory. I'm not ready to reveal it yet. Okay, okay, this is good. But I have an idea. All right, all right. I, I could guess, but I don't I don't want to guess because I want. I gotta I, build I, the evidence. I gotta I, build the case. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've already got your cork board here with the index cards mm-hmm. and the pictures and the and the red yarn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So that's hilarious, though. Yeah. It just it's it jumped out. It jumped out. <laughs> So, long story short, Jill Jill very quickly forgives Tim. Like Tim says, in the future, I won't watch as much football. Yeah, I'm and, cut down. Yeah, and Jill is like, well, okay, you say that now, and that means you'll definitely follow up on it in the future, even though you also said that you'd go out on this romantic night with me, and yeah. then you whiffed it in the moment. But, but she... She doesn't feel like she cares one way or the other. Like she, at that moment, to me at least, was like, eh, "I know what I signed up for." Yeah, I, there's a there's a there's an old man locked in a trunk in my backyard. My life's already fucked. <laughs> uh, so after that, we go to the set of Tool Time. Oh yeah, yeah. For the credits roll with a very sweet dancing scene, and then we yeah. come back from a commercial uh, directly into Tool Time. Yeah, no, no. We go to Tool Time, and then the credits after that. Well, I, we get the 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 pre-commercial. Credits yeah. for the directors, yeah, and then yeah. we go into the the credits. With True, the exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so we we get this little tool time segment with mm-hmm. Tim and Al, and it's a, just a good little bit where they're trying to install a sink and poor it, Al, poor Al, and then poor they Tim. just they don't know what to do with him yet. Well, and this is the th- so so Tim is talking about how kind of summing up w- what he's learned almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the purpose of this is him applying the lessons from from his home to his yeah. home improvement show. How he's improved his home life, double right. entendres. Uh, but he's talking to the camera about how you know, folks, you gotta you gotta be aware of what your partner needs and their wants and be receptive to them. And meanwhile, behind them, Alice struggling to lift this yeah. sink and move it over, completely irre- uh, 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 unnoticed. Un- yeah, he's not paying attention to Al's needs at all. Yeah, and <clears throat> helping I, him with this massive sink. Yeah, and then they and then they load the the thing in there. Al reveals in the process that he's unmarried. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching these scenes. I'm not married, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I'm watching these scenes and thinking. Thinking, uh, like like t- Tim and Al really play off each other really well, and I'm wondering why why don't we have more of this? We're three episodes in, yeah, and like down the line, I mean, the Tim and Al dynamic. You look at all the promotional materials for the show and the the promotional materials that our uh, our marketing agency <laughs> right. made for our podcast that they they drew up with 
us as Tim and Al. I mean, they were promoting heavily on that down the line, yeah. but it's like up front, they didn't, did they not realize what they had, the chemistry between these two dudes? Yeah, well, I mean, they simply just don't give Al anything uh, to do, really, except to react to Tim. Outside of knowing that he's unmarried, that's really the first bit of information we get about him. Yeah. In the entire series. So Aside from like, that his butt crack is yeah, unspackled. That's true. But, I mean... Okay, so we know that he gets kind of frustrated with Tim's antics. Yes. Uh, we've seen that with the blowtorch. We've seen that with the sink dropping on Tim's fingers Yeah. Um, in this episode. And we know that he's unmarried. Really, from here, as far as, like, if we're going from a chrono- chronological audience perspective, Al could turn into anything yes. uh, from here forward. Um I guess it, at first it's just it's a shame that he doesn't have much to do, but also I'm super excited to see what I know he turns into. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and I I really wish that I could do a joke off of that, but I just I, I plain don't have. I, I was trying to come up with one, and <laughs> more I just, L, more, more L, more L, more L, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> so my last note before we before we go, mm. uh, grunt count. Once again, nine grunts in this yeah, episode. Yeah, this is a very low episode. I yeah, even yeah. noticed that, and I don't even keep track. Low gruntage. Yeah, he yeah. does some grunts about the football game, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he does one confused grunt later to yeah. Wilson. Right. Uh, but it just switches nine, and so the total number of grunts thus far in the series is 42. Wow. Which, But look, the, three episodes and 42. I mean, you're dealing more than 10 per episode. Right? But more than half of those uh, right. come in the first episode. Well, some, yeah. I'm doing sabermetrics really on the grunts here. Himself. He had to let the audience know what they're getting themselves into. It's like, hey, guys, remember my yeah. stand-up comedy? Well, in case you don't, let me yeah. give you a quick primer. It's well, a lot it's of this. Same thing that uh, Tim Taylor did with Jill before they got married. He's just like, one date of... Only grunts. So she's and she still decided to marry him. So yeah, so, so they yeah. knew they'd live happily ever after. Jewel knew what she was getting into. Yeah. Uh well I think I think that's all I got. I, I have one more question that we didn't address. Yeah. Uh how do you feel about white denim? I feel <laughs> and trench coats. Oh man. I feel good about trench coats. <laughs> I feel I feel like white denim the same way I feel about white chocolate, which is just why does it exist? <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's just that noise. Just no, just a dial tone. Uh, the kids are wearing, or at least Brad and Randy are wearing white denim jeans uh, through this whole episode. And when Tim and Jill come home uh, from dinner, they they're wearing full long rain trench coats. Here's looking at you, kid. And yeah, that's I mean, like uh, this is obviously pre Columbine, and uh, <laughs> first place you take it to a school well, shooting. You know, the trench coat mafia. True. You know that's the yeah. thing. Like that must have sucked. For the trench coat industry is all I'm saying because I I might <laughs> I, no 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 play this out man I'm real excited <laughs> listen it was a national tragedy I acknowledge all of that but trench coats also took a hit is all I'm saying I'm really glad that we're ending this episode on a high note <laughs> really go out on a big joke here on here on grunt work. <laughs> Um, oh, for fuck's sake. I, I would go into the ending spiel, but you're the one who knows the names of all the Twitter feeds and Instagrams and stuff, so... You could find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, if you see us there, please rate us, Definitely. subscribe, comment, so that uh, it helps others people, others people, others people. find us. Uh, you can find more information on today's episode on our website, gruntworkpodcast.com, where we'll be posting uh, things about today's episode yeah i, yeah, I suppose so yeah, <laughs> yeah let's do that and, like uh, that picture of, of tim's tie yeah i'm gonna look for that i'm yeah. gonna try to get that up there on our instagram or somewhere uh and we'll be updating our various tallies like grunts and whatnot uh you can follow us on twitter or instagram um which is at gruntworkpod because podcast was one too many characters um or you can follow us individually uh i'm at landon solano i don't know if truman wants his i I i'm not i'm not really on twitter yeah okay it's a fad yeah it's gonna blow over (laughs) any day now over real soon yeah uh if you have any bigger questions for us you can always email us at info at gruntworkpodcast.com and we'll try to respond as soon as possible um other than that does everybody know what time it is it's time to stop listening to this podcast there you go all right folks see you next week (laughs) 